Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in London. I'm Katie Martin. Today we're looking at another mysterious poisoning in southeast England. A British woman has died after coming into contact with the nerve agent Novichok. Four months ago, a former Russian double agent and his daughter were poisoned in the same area, but survived the attack. In this interview, our defence correspondent David Bond talks to Elaine Moore about what we know so far. David, can you take us through the timeline of events in this latest poisoning? Well, last Wednesday, when news of this latest poisoning emerged, police at first confirmed that two people, Dawn Sturgis and Charlie Rowling, had been exposed to an unknown substance. Of course, you know, given the location of where this happened, they were taken to hospital from an address in Amesbury, which is only eight miles up the road from Salisbury, where, of course, Sergei and Yulia Skripal were attacked. Of course, it, it set alarm bells ringing. And within a few hours that same day, last Wednesday, scientists at Porton Down, the Defence Science and Technology Laboratory, confirmed that it was, in fact, Novichok. The two people have been in hospital, actually, since last Saturday. It took a while for the news to actually come out last week. And they've been in a critical condition for all that time. And, of course, Dawn Sturgis tragically died last night. So this has clearly ramped everything up. It was already an attempted murder investigation into the attacks on the Skripals. And now, of course, it's a murder inquiry. So can you give us a reminder of the background to this case? When were these earlier poisonings? The first attack, or the news of the first attack, came out in early March. It was on March the 4th that Sergei Skripal, a former MI6 double agent, and his daughter, Yulia, were found unconscious on a park bench in Salisbury, right in the centre of town. And I know you know Salisbury well, having come from there. So, you know, this is a very small place. It's a very sleepy country city, uh, but city sort of slightly overstates it. It's a small town, really. And they were found on this bench and taken to hospital. They spent a number of weeks in a critical condition. Sergei, in particular, who spent a couple of months in a critical condition, both have since recovered from the poisoning. We've seen Yulia Skripal in public, but we haven't seen Sergei Skripal. They are both out of hospital being kept in a safe and secure house. Now, the British government say that the attack on the Skripals was ordered by Russia, but so far they haven't been able to identify any suspects. They haven't been able to actually release any footage of anyone they are seeking, and the thing remains quite a mystery. And what can you tell us about this poison, Novichok? It seemed amazing that the earlier poisonings didn't lead to deaths. I think that that was expected at the beginning. Do we know if there's an antidote to it? How long has it stayed deadly for? Well, that's right, because I remember when I was doing the first few stories on Sergei Skripal falling ill, and he's uh, in his late 60s, people were saying, oh, he's dead. He's not going to survive. He's not going to recover. So it was quite a shock when, first of all, Yulia Skripal came round and then was released from hospital, and then Sergei Skripal actually recovered. And one of the reasons for that is because, whether this is a coincidence or not, the location of where they fell ill in Salisbury meant that an antidote was available very, very quickly for Salisbury District Hospital because Porton Down, the Defence Research Laboratory, is just up the road. So they probably have had a stock of Novichok at Porton Down for some time, and so they were able to very quickly get the antidote. And the way it works is that you basically have to shut the body down and allow the body to repair itself. And so there was some thinking that actually they were both, uh, Sergei and Yulia Skripal, put into an induced coma to allow the body to recover. And once the body starts developing the enzymes to sort of recover, then recovery can be quite quick. 
but it's essentially how much damage is done in the initial phase. Now, I don't know how much you know about this nerve agent, but it was developed by the Soviet Union in the 1970s and 1980s. It's said to be 10 times more deadly than sarin or VX, similar nerve agents. I'm not quite sure how you measure something being 10 times more deadly, but anyway, it's supposed to be much more powerful. And interestingly, it was developed specifically to get around NATO anti-chemical weapons kit so clearly a very highly toxic chemical it can be administered through a powder or a liquid i think in this case the police suspect it was administered via a gel which was smeared onto the front door of sergei skripal's house in salisbury and it's much more deadly if you inhale it absorption through the skin gives people a much better chance and with the case of dawn sturgis and charlie Rowley, it's thought that they picked up a contaminated item an item which may have been discarded by the attackers of the skripal's And again, this would have been absorbed through the skin and led to them both falling ill. As you said, I do know Salisbury quite well. I grew up there. And so what I know is that the locations of these two attacks, they're quite far apart from one another. And I think that if you live in Salisbury, that is something that has worried a lot of people because it means that people aren't sure what should be cordoned off and what shouldn't be. How concerned do you think they should be and what sort of areas should be kept away from the public? Well, clearly there is very significant concern. There was significant concern already. But I think what the police and what public health officials keep saying is that there is no evidence at the moment to suggest that either Sturgis or Rowley went to any of the places that have subsequently been decontaminated in Salisbury following the attack on the Skripals. As you rightly point out, they were taken, Sturgis and Rowley were taken to hospital from an address in Amesbury, but they had been in Salisbury the day before and police suspect this is where they may have handled this contaminated item. There are two locations in particular which the police and health officials have now cordoned off and they are already undergoing significant testing by Portendown scientists. One is in the centre of town, which is a hospice where Dawn Sturgis lived. And the other one is Queen Elizabeth Gardens, which is about five minutes walk away from the bench where the Skripals were found. Now, of course, the working hypothesis that detectives have is that the gel was smeared on the front door of the Skripal's house. So that is a bit further out. That's about 20 minutes walk, I think, from where the park is. But the police just don't know where they might have come across this item at the moment. So at the moment, all they've been able to do is kind of trace the movements they made in the day before they both fell ill and try and work out if the item was there. And so they've cordoned off those areas. But, you know, it really could be anywhere. And understandably, locals are very worried. And what's the UK doing on the diplomatic front to make sure that the perpetrators are brought to justice, given that we don't even know who the perpetrators are? Presumably that's quite difficult. Well, it is quite difficult. And as I said earlier, we haven't actually had any images of suspects. And the police have been going through thousands of hours of CCTV footage. This happened in the centre of a pretty busy city. And so far, they haven't been able to identify anyone. Of course, the UK says Russia, the Russian state, was responsible. We've seen a huge ramping up in diplomatic moves in the immediate aftermath of the Skripal attack. More than 120 diplomats expelled from the UK and other Western countries. That's led to tit-for-tat reprisals from the Russians. I'm not sure that we'll see any step up in diplomatic activity because of this. I mean, tragic though it is... It's hard to see what more the Brits could do. They've already sort of pointed out to the Russians that they would like them to be helping the Russians continue to deny it and continue to, you know, use disinformation and their typical tactics to try and muddy the waters around this story. 
So I don't suspect anything will change very much on that score. There is a NATO summit this week in Belgium. So I should imagine that the UK will again talk to its NATO allies, particularly the US, about what more could be done to challenge Russian behaviour around this point. But it's very difficult with Russia denying it, Russia refusing to offer any help, certainly not going to offer up any individuals. It's hard to see that this really moves it on very much. So you mentioned the NATO meeting. What we also have coming up is US President Trump is about to meet Vladimir Putin in Helsinki next week for this first full summit that they're due to have. Do you think this poisoning will be on that agenda? Well, you or I might think it's absolutely certain to be on the agenda, but this, of course, is a president who doesn't necessarily conform to the usual sorts of procedures around these things, particularly when you consider the ongoing investigation into Russian meddling in Trump's election. So it's hard to predict. Equally, it's hard to see how it could not be, certainly in the broader sense, when you consider all the different examples of Russian aggression. So you have Syria, you've got Ukraine and Crimea, obviously the allegations of interference in the US presidential election. And this attack on the Skripals fits into that program of kind of Russian hybrid warfare doctrine, which the West has been struggling to come to terms with. And so I think that will be on the agenda in some way, you would imagine it would be. And of course, the US State Department and the Defence and Security Establishment have been much more prepared to take on Russia, to call them out. And you saw that with the uh, response after the Skripal attack, when they really fell in behind the UK in expelling so many diplomats. And so you must think that it will be on the agenda somewhere. But, you know, who knows with Trump? David, thank you very much. Thank you. That was Elaine Moore talking to our defence correspondent, David Bond. You can find a link to David's report in our show notes. Thanks for listening. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com.